can't be compromised Fucking on my ass, we ain't apologize Cause I'm way too young and you always right Threw it in my face, I'm on another flight Girl at home, I ain't been living right The little arguments always start the fight I had to get away, so I'm with you tonight Just another guy Be honest, honest, honest Are you honest? Cause I'm This week, we are, the, I guess, the real-life two Ben Afflecks. Um, we'll start that out. <laughs> All right. Um, start out this week's uh, this week's news story with, I guess, something maybe a little bit lighthearted. Um, not necessarily. I mean, kind of lighthearted, I guess. Uh, <laughs> in uh, Ricky Shane Page. Ricky Shane Page is having, like, an, a GCW produce show. Is it WrestleMania weekend that it's happening? Um or is I it? Don't, I don't. Maybe. Double check. Like, 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 yeah, like the time. Like for them to be announcing another show right now, could be me. No, uh, it's 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 not. But it's around the same time as Mania. That's kind of. Oh no, actually, no, it's not. It's March. Okay, I was thinking April already. Um, okay, okay, okay. March coming. It's coming up pretty soon. Actually, it's like uh, maybe like a week away, a little bit longer. Um, um, but I guess like GCW's in a space where they can just announce shit like a week in advance or whatever. Yep constantly they're always it seems like they're constantly having multiple shows they're promoting like three or four shows at a time running in thousands of different markets and yeah they're doing a uh they do, they do a great job with it like they, they promote all the stuff at once and do a really good job with it <laughs> yeah i mean it's you know it's not all for me it's not all for you i don't think either one of us is like diehard gcw fans but i think we're also i think we're both pretty realists when it comes to it right like GCW has its segment of the market. They produce some good matches, and they're not like the worst company on the planet. You know what I mean? Um, no, they have fun. A, like, they, like, like, yeah. like GCW, like you know, it's worse. It's like, like the like the floor of it for just straight up fun. It's like that's a pretty that's still a pretty high floor. Yeah, always fun. Always usually pretty easy to watch. The commentary is atrocious. Obviously, we've talked about that plenty, but. 
I've gotten so used to bad commentary that I rarely listen to any wrestling commentary at this point. I don't know about you. I think you're the same way, right? Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, you know, they're, when people talk about them, like, oh, yeah, they're definitely the, the promotion, best promotion in the world, promotion of the year, if you're, you know, not counting WWE or whatever. Um, like, it's not crazy. I know Dylan Hales likes to make that point a lot. And it's like, it's not a crazy point to make because sure there's a lot of stuff that maybe is not our taste like they use blake christian a lot and they present him as like something great and i don't think either one of us agree that he is you know what i mean um Mm. and like stuff like that but then they also like they're starting to get behind aj gray i think we both questioned like you know the amount of people of color that they booked and kind of their abuse of of that kind of using like you know, black English vernacular for the names of their shows and making hip hop references while not, you know, employing any people of color. But, you know, those are, you know, bigger picture issues than just is the wrestling product. But either way, this is a lot to say. Uh, they're doing a Ricky Shane Page produced show. Um, I guess his crew, is it uh, 44OH or Ohio or whatever it's supposed to be? Yeah. Um, and they announced the return of the real life Ben Affleck, Alex Daniels, a guy who was making the rounds recently online talking with people in the AIW sphere, basically just going mask off and saying he was a piece of shit. And like those stories leaking out even more stuff that there was always rumblings about. And I think there was, you know, the idea that you could say that like, oh, people were kind of negative on him. It was a sour grapes thing. Why, you know, this guy's checking out. It makes it makes people question their choices when you see somebody else decide to not continue doing what you're doing the way that he was. You can see that some people would be like, oh, you know, he's giving up on his dream or other people being like, oh, he thinks he's too good for wrestling now. Oh, he thinks that he's not getting what he deserves. Oh, whatever. You know, you could... But that, but then recently the stories were coming out like, oh no, it wasn't just sour grapes. People actually disliked him for some legitimate shit that he did behind the scenes. And then around the same time, Ricky Shane Page comes out with this tweet announcing that he's on there. And not even just that he's going to be on the show, but like <laughs> that he's great. You know what I mean? He's like, I would have picked him to be part of my group if, if he was around at the time. Um, Which like, hey man. <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong. Like, he, Alex I, Daniels was really good. He was good, and, like, he had, you know, oh, super talented, had a lot left in the tank, whatever. That's, you know, that's cool. Like, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm with him, I guess, on that part of it, but it did come across, like, a pretty sterling endorsement for a guy that a lot of people think is a piece of shit, you know? Like, and Ricky Shane Page is known as, like, one of the good guys. He's one of the guys that everybody loves, you know? So it's weird to see him coming out saying something like that. Um, it's... Yeah, man. Like, it's like I mean, me and you like have heard stuff before, like going like going a while back about Alex Daniels and whatever sort of perception people had about him and his abrupt exit from wrestling and how he handled that stuff and him possibly feeling entitled and he that might that rubbed people the wrong way. So when he wanted to come back into wrestling, people were like, "No, you're an entitled piece of shit," and you kind of like left left a lot of people high, like high and dry that believed in you. So. No, we're not going to do anything with you. So he kind of like burned, like burned like every single bridge that was po- that was possible there for him. Because remember, like we talked about, we talked about I think like at the time about it privately. Isn't it insane that you know after Alex Daniels leave and leaves at this that the AIW school or AIW and AIW in general has this sort of boom in the eyes drawn to it and people breaking out 
from the school and from the promotion from Joshua Bishop to Matthew Just Matthew Justice, Dominic Dominic Garini, Lee Mor- Lee Moriarty, Trey Lamar, like even AJ, even even AJ Gray to some to some extent being like um someone that like cut his teeth a lot in in, in uh in AIW. And Alex Daniels kinda like packed it up at the wrong time because then AIW sort of took off. So it's it's it had to be a weird situation for him, especially to see that he was like because he, he was in a similar he, he was in the, in the class of same as uh, Dominic Garini's, so it must have been really weird to be sitting sitting there and having whatever stuff you got going on and your insecurities about your place in wrestling and thinking that you maybe deserve more shots than you're getting, but then you take that year and some change off and then AIW possibly has like the most um most talked about uh wrestling uh production of like young stars going on going on going on in the u.s indies right now yeah not just that i mean i mean yes definitely those guys that are broke out then there's like the guys from the production as well i think um what's his name eddie eddie only i think um is one of the guys he's kind of starting to show up more and more places um so it's just like yeah it's like he disappeared now you got now you got also the school is being touted as being great people are talking about the promotion itself as being one of the top indie promotions. All this stuff is going on, and it's right after he left. And I mean, he was part of that wave breaking out, though. If you remember, I mean, you know, the CWF yeah, match with Trevor. Like, he was on the initial vanguard of he was maybe going to to be. He would be a part of that for sure. If he yeah, him, 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 and that. him and Don were the, him and Don were the same class. Yeah. So if you remember, like you're you're mentioning that. Um, and again, like that around that around that time, you're getting the first Dominic Garini and Kane Justice matches. So. Yeah. These these guys were out on the road together. Um, I think on the Evolve tryout, whatever it was, I think I think it wound up being Dominic Greeny versus Alex Daniels, right? Yeah, I think that's that. Yeah, so, so these these guys were like hip and hip, and as far as I know, I think I think Dominic Greeny is still a big part of the AIW training school. That might be outdated information, but so it's just it's just really strange to me, man. That like you were like really close or like really closely linked to a guy that would eventually become one of the more in demand professional like professional wrestlers on the U, on the US Indies and it's like all you had to do was like wait another fucking year that's <laughs> all you had to do <laughs> yeah but i mean there's you know those rumors that went around that he didn't have the patience to even to wait that little bit you know like to just to kind of wait for his his time or whatever so who knows i mean yeah <laughs> weird one weird one to see him coming back maybe it is a one off but the way that Wiki Shane Page is talking about it. Maybe not. Who knows? And, and, and like, I mean, go, go ahead. If, if, there's, if there's a place that can rehab him, it's probably GCW. Honestly, yeah. like, like regardless of what you want to say about Alex Daniels, Alex Daniels, maybe the cage match is wrong, but it says he's still 25 years old. Um, and if you remember, if you, if you and if you watched him a few years ago, he is really athletic, is really really exciting, has some really unique uh, signature spots of his. If there's a place where I could see Alex Daniels, like, if he really wanted to make a comeback and, like, having having certain people in his corner, he could really do something in GCW. But, like, again, yeah. like, jury's out of whether or not there's going to be a real thing. Yeah, and I mean, the, the landscape has changed quite a bit. So, it's like, from the time that he left to now, a guy like him can definitely make an, a splash for himself. And, and there's so many promotions that you said you don't kind of say like oh he burns so many bridges and all this but i mean there's so many new promotions that he's kind of fine like he take a little bit of time off and show up and maybe people have heard things but that doesn't mean that they're gonna definitely not give you a shot you know so 
We'll see. Hell, if Eric Stevens like, like, can come back, if he's good, it's yeah, like, right. if, if he's good, like you're gonna get a shot. Like, yep. we're seeing we're seeing guys like Lee Boriardi and Nolan, and Nolan Edwards like get these shots on uh, on on shows too. And it's like Alex Daniels is still super young. It, like, if he's good, he's gonna get he's gonna get a shot somewhere. If he's still the same Alex Daniels that we that we saw, right? Exactly. And yeah, I mean, you know, like I was saying or mentioning there, like Eric Stevens comes back and he gets a you know gets a shot there. So, I mean, I think. If he can pull that off at, at his age, and you know, mileage may vary on what you think of his match quality. I, I think that he's had a few good matches, and he's had a few that were okay, um, like and a few that were, let's say, bad. <laughs> but like, yeah. So if Alex Daniels can deliver, why the fuck not? You know, I mean, shit. That's we'll, we'll see moving forward. Um, Walmart guys, I did you see the gifts of on all that stuff when it was going off with their match in Walmart uh, that was going on on YouTube when it was happening? Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen all that stuff where they're yeah. like where they, all the I I find them very entertaining. I like yeah. it. Well, the last the latest one they did a fucking Spanish fly, so I was like, yeah. okay, on some level, like, and it kind of goes into like what uh, you know these two people like these two people had to say about uh, these two getting booked, but. Like once I saw the Spanish fly, I was like, "Okay, there's some level of training that happened here because there's no way." Yeah, when they did this fucking Spanish. Yeah, when they started out, when I started out watching it, I was like, "Oh, these are just a couple of dumbasses fucking around in in the store or whatever." That's funny, but yeah, then they're doing like, they did a Canadian destroyer, and I'm like, "That's a whole Canadian destroyer to me has always looked like I get it, I get how you do it, but it also seems like kind of hard." I'm like. When I look at it, I'm like, well, if the guy's on your back and you're flipping it, like, kind of helps you propel yourself because you got. You got to know what you're doing, like, yeah, like regardless of like how many people do, how many people do it now, how like tropey it is, yeah, you got to know what you're doing to do that, and you have to be able to d- physically do it. It's not something that just like anybody can just do. Like, it, it takes some athleticism at least to be able right. to jump like that. It's like, you know, it's like it's not as crazy at first glance when you first first see it you're like fuck that's nuts that's or at least that's how i was when i first saw it you know and then it's like over time it gets killed but then when you stop and think about it it's still like damn they did that then yeah they, they do the spanish fly like through a fucking table like i'm just like yeah these guys got something i mean fuck what about those lucha kids that got got themselves over by doing spots in the middle of the street just a little while ago that was on, that was yeah. on youtube and i don't know i mean i, I don't I don't follow, you know, Lucha Twitter too much, but I don't I don't remember there being a ton of backlash from other wrestlers talking shit on them for getting bookings, you know what I mean? And it's like this isn't even like a real bookings. Those guys got like on regular ass shows, like Lucha shows. These guys are getting like thrown into the clusterfuck or something, some bullshit for GCW. And then you've got I mean, I don't know. Talking about sour grapes a lot here, but Chaz and McKenzie and and Alley Cat, I think We've both talked, or at least I've talked positively about Chaz McKenzie. We've both talked positively about Alley Cat on the show before. And it's just like, where is this coming from? Like, you guys get your shots. They both get booked plenty. Shaza can't blame the fact that, like, you know, anything other than the fact that she lives in Australia. If you look at her trajectory, she gets, she's been on fucking NXT and AEW. She gets plenty of bookings. They, they, you know, she's focused in a lot of different places and treated pretty well. It's just like, where, where's the complaint here? You know? I can kind of get Alley Cat a little bit more, but you know she still does. I think she does okay for herself. Where like where is this coming I mean, from? I mean, I, I mean, Alley Cat's one specifically was like the weird, like the weird one to me, just because she was talking about like these two these two guys that couldn't even finish my school, couldn't even finish the same school that I that I was in, are um are are booked for one of the biggest shows of the weekend, and 
I was like, well, okay. I don't think like the like how like a like a like the uh, how rigid wrestling school can be is meant for everybody. Right. Like it's the same principle I think with like any sort of education. It's like you go you go into this and it's like, hey, like you know what? I really like this thing, but I'm not sure I like the way this like being handled. I like to just sort of like do my own thing and I have to do whatever the fuck like any like someone else is telling me. Like there's there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that part. Um. And I, I, and I know that both, I know those those Walmart kids are from Texas. I know Alley Cat's from Texas, so I, I guess I guess I guess that makes sense and is like it's like a like a plausible thing. But yeah, to me, it even still goes to to the idea that well, not everyone is going to have the same way to success. Way to success, and this is just a stupid fun thing. If you're sitting there telling me that hey, uh, these guys are going to go over Ricky Shane Page and end this. A crazy heel title run that that GCW has going on. Then yeah, that's that's a little bit of a different situation. But this is a little stupid thing. I don't I, I don't understand like like why like why there would even be any contention there. Right. No. Exactly. And it's like you know thinking about it, it's like different people find different ways into the business and have forever. I don't know about all the Omega guys, you know, so like the Hardy Boys and stuff, but like. I do know that, like, Hurricane Helms, Shane Helms has openly said, like, he never got trained. You know what I mean? And that he was just, like, a backyarder who eventually, like, just kind of kept being hanging around and, and ended up. And there was times where people talked about him as being a very good wrestler. I mean, he was a trainer at WWE. He was an agent at different times. And he never got officially trained. Like you said, the, the normal path is not, you know, this normal path that people take is not for everyone. And not everyone works in that same, you know, mold. And, you know, I, I, now I'm pulling it up here and I see, like, Jeff Hardy shows that he was trained by Dory Funk Jr. and Michael Hayes, right? So that sounds to me like his trainers were after he got signed with WWE, right? So yeah, that, that that's, point, that's what I was going to say, is that those guys, as far as I know, those guys were never trained. Yeah. And then it's when they when they got signed, then, like, you know, like P.S. Hayes was, like, more like, okay, well, I guess I'll teach you guys teach you guys how to do, like, these, these basic things now. Right. So, yeah, it's like they they got signed, and that means that they had been running their own promotion. They had been doing job duty for WWE. They had been doing all this stuff, and they get signed. They never had fucking training. Plenty of people, this is how it happens. There's plenty of wrestlers who just kind of fudge it and, and kind of go like, oh, yeah, and eventually they're wrestlers. I mean, how many wrestlers tell the story where they're like, I didn't know, like the old timer say, like I was was never smartened up until you know in my first match. So how the fuck can you say that they were trained the same way that Alley Cat was? Your training's gonna be completely different if when you were in school and you were training, you were under the fucking idea that this was a shoot, and then you get into the ring and they're like, actually, it's fake. Like you weren't trained the same way as someone who was trained the entire time, knowing that it was, you know, um, a work. Like. So to say, like, oh, everybody has to follow the same exact rules for training or whatever, it's just, again, it's it's grasping at straws for just an excuse to, like, point at someone and say, like, they're not, they don't deserve this spot. And again, it's not even, like, they're getting a huge spot. They're going to be in the fucking clusterfuck. They're going to do, uh, you know, some stupid Walmart reference thing in the clusterfuck, and that's going to be it. So... They're going to do a, they might, might do a Spanish fly, like, yeah. might do a dive, but that's, but that's it, though. Yeah, exactly. And it's just... How many people, you know, it's it's just a, again, it comes across like weird sour grapes and it just makes you, it just makes you look bad. And it's like a really dumb stance or attack to make on someone for no fucking reason. Like, 
not going to get anything out of it. And, you know, it's I'm trying to remember the phrase, but it's like, if it doesn't make you happy and it doesn't make you money, then, you know, don't waste your time on it or whatever. And this is one of those. Like, how is this helping uh, you? Out of, out of curiosity, did you happen to see um, AJ Gray's promo after he beat Chris Dickinson um, in Glory Pro? <laughs> Calling out <laughs> Talk, uh, Shaza McKenzie? Talking, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I saw that promo. <laughs> AJ Gray, AJ Gray is the fucking best. AJ Gray fucking rules, man. That promo was awesome. The stuff that he's been doing in general, like, it feels like ribbon on the square almost. There's like some of this stuff now where I'm like, I can't fucking tell because I've got, you know, I follow both of them. Yeah, and it's, like, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he just goes hard. I'm like, is he, is he working is with he, her or is he shooting on Twitter? Like, like, the, like, like, does, like, does she think that he's joking? Or yeah. Is she joking? Like, she seems like she's. I don't know if she's fucking clueless or she gets it or she's leaning into it at this point, but like, yeah, some of this stuff is ridiculous. And AJ comes across looking great. I mean, obviously to us. Like, 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 I, like I want to see that match. Like, yeah. I genuinely want to see want to see this match. It's almost, it's literally kind of almost scary to think what's going to happen, though. He's talking about fucking stabbing her. <laughs> like, oh fuck, man. Yeah, and she's like doing the like work, you know, oh, you're going to, the only way that you're going to win or the only way I don't win is if you do kill me. And he's like, Bitch, I, I am going I will, to stab I you. I will kill you. I yeah. will kill you. Yeah, he's not doing any tropes. He's just saying it, you know. So I, I'm, I'm definitely into that. Um, I was going to say skip the rest of the news, but I mean, maybe just like uh, Junakiyama showing up in WWE uh, Performance Center, AJPW. New Japan or NXT kind of rumors happening. What, what do you think about all this? I mean, with Wrestle One going on hiatus, Noah being bought by Noah being bought up by Cyber Agent, obviously New Japan and Stardom under under Bushi Road and Big Japan. They're not going anywhere near near Big Japan, right? This was the last. This is the last option. I guess maybe the one that we should have saw coming. But even then, there's like the 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 resources there are are a little limited too, right? Because they've because they've never had an all Japan connection really, so like what would they use to try to hype this up? Is like it would be would be would be my thing. Um, I guess whatever footage all Japan can give to them, um, if the, if this did wind up being like the the real NXT UK, um, NXT Japan relationship. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I guess having someone as consistent as Kento will help. Um, Zeus is a big mus- muscle bound guy that pe- that they'll like, and you have other people like you know Nomura and and, J- and Jake Lee and Iwa- and Iwamoto. I, I don't I don't know, man. This I guess it's the one that, I guess it's the one that makes the most sense now because it's like it's like the only one it's the only one that's available since Wrestle One is you know bottoming out but still this i i still don't even know what to what to make of it honestly yeah yeah and i mean you know there is, i heard someone say have the take that like it kind of fits because they're because of the kind of roster that they have which i kind of see but i'm also thinking like it, i don't know i think th- things have obviously changed a lot in the past couple of years they've have let kurt angle wrestle you know what i mean people are edges back like brian danielson's back so they're a little bit more lax with the health stuff than they used to be but i'm just like w- basic example like a couple years ago you think suwama is allowed to wrestle in a wwe ring 
You know, like it feels yeah. like if you do any kind of physical on him, he's not he's not passing the Nigel test. You know what I mean? Like or she was or she was or she was Ishikawa. <laughs> yeah, it, like Ishikawa. Like there's a lot of guys that like they're not. I don't see how they would. But I guess, like I said, I guess things are different now. So maybe maybe it's it's fine. But there, yeah, there's a lot of even saying that it's like Kento. Kento is not really that young. I mean, he's new. He's relatively new to being an ace, and he's kind of hitting his stride, but he's been wrestling for a while already. I mean, people, you know, don't think about that. Nakajima, the same thing. I mean, it's hard to forget that Nakajima has, like, gotten older because, for me, you know, same thing. You think of him as the young prodigy, but he's old now, and he's been wrestling for a long fucking time. Like, he's probably pretty banged up. There, there's a lot of guys here that are pretty banged up, so so we'll see. Oh, why am I fucking saying Nakajima anyways? What am I thinking? No, cause, you know, because you, know, you know, like this, the whole di- the whole diamond ring connection that came yeah, up yeah. together, and yeah, yeah. Nakajima and Kento don't like each other. Like it, it, was, it was that was that's a mistake that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that was a I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, but yeah, but you know, still, there's a lot of guys on the All Japan roster that are probably pretty banged up, so it'll be interesting. But it's like you got to think about it. It's kind of like the same thing as progress to NXT UK. I mean, is what the relationship was going to be, but it has to be more official just because of the way Japan works. They're not going to just be able to just sign up all the guys. So they needed to have like an actual promotion and basically buy it out so that they can have the, their roster. Um, so we'll see going from there. The other thing I wanted to touch on really quick when it comes, it's in the same ballpark, you know, somewhat WWE pulling a guy, a guy pulling for, uh, for coronavirus, COVID-19. And then, uh, Veitmuller, I didn't see a reason why Veitmuller was out. Did you see why he's not showing up for 16 Carat, but 16 Carat is cursed again, and they have three three pretty big pullouts um, back to back. Um, yeah, what do you uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, that's right. I, I didn't see uh, the re- a reason given for uh, for Vite's cancellation, but obviously Alex Shelley, uh, who works in a medical field, has a very good reason for saying, "Hey, I can't do this." And then Leo, and then Leo Rush. Um, I don't know what will possibly like. WWE can can give whatever reason they want to if they just don't want to send them over there. If they decide, hey, we want someone to lose to fucking um, Riddick Moss on the, on what on this day, then yeah. hey, like we want like like they, like they can do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, that 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 that's that sucks, man. It has led to has has led to stuff that maybe um we wouldn't get otherwise, right? But. Yeah, like that 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 does suck though, especially especially with Shelly, man. I you know really was holding hope for like, you know, possibly getting some sort of like Shelly and Dan and Dan interaction. Yeah. Over over carrot. So, and then, I'm not even sure that might have gotten confirmed, or is that or is that Danvers Eddie Kingston that got confirmed? Hey, Danvers versus Eddie Kingston got confirmed, and at, at the time of recording has already happened. Um, but yeah, right, 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 yeah. right. But yeah, that that was what got confirmed. But that got confirmed after. Um, Leo Rush, after all of this really got announced, the changes. Okay, so, okay. So, yeah, I mean, obviously having people pull out like this is going to affect some booking and the way things that happen. So, yeah, it's a bummer. And Shelly, I mean, not even just interacting with Dan, having Shelly in it was interesting in general. And I, I think... Shelly, Shelly's had a really good year, man. Yeah. Like, 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 that, like, that, like that's, part, that's part of it why it sucks, too, is that like, kind of like in the middle of like this weird Alex Shelly resurgence. And, like, whenever he, whenever he has popped up the last few years, he's always been really good. Right. But especially now, it just seems like he's more visible than more visible than he has been in a while, and he's been just been fantastic. Yeah, so having him pull out's a bummer because he was one of the interesting things in the tournament um, for me at least. And with him out now, I'm kind of like, how much do I really care about watching the tournament? Like, I, I don't know how much I'll even really 
check out from this. There might be a couple matches that I go for. Obviously, the mentioned Kingston versus Makabe match is cool, but like otherwise, I'm like, do I am I you know dying to see Bandito versus Pace? I mean, that's an interesting match to me. I think that it could be okay, but I don't really care that much to see it if I'm perfectly honest. Um, right. You know, and then and then that tag match with Dan on uh, Inner Circle was pretty cool too. So maybe check that out as well. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is it. WXW having a bunch of their guys or having a guy pulled, having people leave, all these issues. Um, and again, it's just it's the WXW curse. Um, but yeah, once again, as always, shout out to uh, the the Core Woo for for providing us with the news notes um, for the week. And uh, Quentin, I think uh, did you have some grab bag stuff you wanted to to hit on? Maybe some some matches and stuff you checked out over the week. Um, I got to check out Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay from High Stakes. Finally, um, I'm I pretty much say I pretty much say it's on the same level from their from their new beginning match. Uh, again, I like I like getting the the mat work, the personality, and it really does feel like it tells a story within it, within itself of Will Ospreay finally being able to overcome Zack, and it, it does feel like a genuinely big moment. And with Osprey finally winning the Rev Pro heavyweight title just based off how synonymous he is with the cruiserweight belt and it, it was a it was a feel good moment man I'm not gonna lie to you watching him be the Rev Pro heavyweight champ after his years being a tag team guy and a cruiserweight guy and really working his way throughout the, throughout the whole company it it, it, was, it was nice to see I, re, I really I really enjoyed that and AJ Gray versus Chris Dickinson that I that I mentioned a little bit ago when talking about AJ and Shazam McKenzie from Glory Pro, those two beat the shit out of each other, and it was really awesome. And if you're just someone that enjoys uh, just two strong guys who can do who can do some cool athletic shit too, thrown thrown into the wrestling, then that's the match for you. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one that I wanted to uh, to check out here pretty soon. I checked out the uh, Black Label Pro Quantum Leap. Um, which I thought was interesting. I didn't watch everything in the second half, so maybe I can't uh, completely say, but I found it interesting to hear uh, the, the take on Voices of Wrestling from Joe Lanza saying that the first half of this was really good and the second half would fall off a cliff. Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't watch the full second half, but the second half did have Kylie Ray versus AJ Gray, which was phenomenal. Um, uh, obviously, as you would expect, great match. But the opening, I mean, the opening stuff was pretty good. There were some good tag matches. Isaiah Velasquez versus Benjamin Carter was really fucking good. I would recommend people go check that out. And Ben Carter is on, he's on a, a pretty nice hot streak here. The B-Boy match, this match, um, you know, going to hopefully get some big stuff over WrestleMania weekend and uh, and continue on into SCI, I would assume. Um yeah, he's uh he's putting it together. They're calling him the prodigy. He's uh there's definitely something to that. He's pretty good already. Um, and another thing that popped up recently on IWTV um was the uh the the most recent whack show that popped up on there was the 2020 show uh from late January that had um Jeff Cobb versus Chris Bay that was pretty decent and Makabe versus Warhorse that was uh, also pretty pretty decent. So I'd recommend people give those give those a shot but uh, oh but speaking yeah. of speaking of IWTV drops um they they finally released the few the last few journey pro uh shows from, from 2019 that we haven't that we hadn't gotten a chance to see yet including the uh 60 minute time of a draw between Jeremy Wyatt and Gary J cool. um I haven't I haven't got I haven't got a chance to see that yet but that's going to be something that I that I probably watch and I guess it's 2019 and we're you know 
all these months removed from it. We've all, we've done all the year in festivities, but I'll I'll probably want to I'll probably watch that Gary J sixty minute draw and then come back and talk about that on the show. So yeah. that's like that was a really interesting match to me. Definitely, definitely worth the, probably the time to check that one out for sure. Um, um and one more thing that we didn't okay. talk about too. Um, that's like small, but the announcement that Black Label Pro made that Manders would no longer be used on Black, oh, yeah. Black Label Pro shows going forward, and immediately i kind of assumed that was a that was an aaw thing um just knowing the history of how um sort of like possessive aaw can be of talent and how some talent won't go for that shit but then some talent um once they see like the like the big name comes calling they'll do whatever they say um and i'm not i'm not, I'm not saying that's not, that was the case with manders but immediately that's what my mind went to here thinking that aw reached out when it wants to use him as a regular and might have given an ultimatum to either work with them or work with, work with black label pro. So I'm, I, that, that was interesting to me. And I, that, I mean, if Manders is already getting, is, might already be getting AW bookings, then like shit, man, like, like fantastic for him. But it just goes back to, to the AW politics, which I will never, never understand why they operate the way they do. I have to say that I'm firmly in the fuck AAW camp for that bullshit. I think it's a, it's a waste of everyone's time and energy for them to be pulling that shit. Um, and I think that, I, I mean, I don't know. Are you still paying attention to AAW? I really haven't watched AAW in a while at this point. And, like, part of it is because of that. Like, they don't, to me, they don't have a lot of the same, like, stars in, in doing interesting stuff because they, like, limit who they're who they're willing to let work there and stuff. And, and sometimes they'll, you know, have some crossover people and let people who work other places be there. But yeah, it's just, I think that they miss a lot of, uh, a lot of people there. And, and I don't know. I'm, I haven't been paying attention to AAW for a while now at this point. Uh, I mean, Fred Yehi is getting, Fred Yehi is getting a title match there soon. So like, um, I'm, I might have to pay attention. He's getting, he's getting to face Mance Warner for the, for the AAW title. Uh, so just just for that, I'm have to wind up watching just because I want to see like how they treat Fred. But yeah, you're you're really not wrong here. Just that, yeah, I just can't imagine watching AEW right now and being and being interested in this company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this card. Oh, they got Benjamin. Sure, Benjamin, Carter Benjamin Carter was Benjamin Carter was on uh, an AEW show from this year, which I which I, yeah. I did not know. Yeah. So maybe I'll give him a shot. Maybe I'll uh, I'll, ch- I'll check some. Check some AAW out at some point here. Chris Brooks versus Kurt Stallion. Alert the the presses, buddy. That's a that's a main event match in any any uh, promotion. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think we both are okay with Adam Brooks at this point. But uh, either way, um, oh, one more thing. Uh, ROH Pure Championship title is officially back. It felt like it was rumored about for a while, then felt like there was no way it was actually going to happen. Um, the field uh, for the tournament has been announced. Some really cool stuff, I think, in there, and some really interesting um, people showing up. And namely, the biggest one, I guess, the biggest surprise is Yuji Nagata. Um, don't know his contract status technically with New Japan, but I think he gets treated somewhat in that Liger situation where he can kind of just do whatever he wants. Um, so I don't know how much this is connected to an ROH New Japan resurgence in their relationship, but cool nonetheless. Let me run down this whole uh, yeah. the whole field. Yeah, Doug Williams, Jonathan Gresham, Alex Shelley, Rocky Romero, Mark Haskins, Slex, 
Tracy Williams, Marty Skrull, Fred Yehi, Eugene Nagata. I'm all in on this field. This is great. Yeah. I, and I've got Joe Hendry and Dalton Castle also on the list here. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and so, I mean, Joe Hendry, whatever. Take him or leave him. Joe, Joe, Joe Hendry, Joe Hendry has, a, has, a, has like an amateur wrestling background. It's That's pretty true. extensive. It's sort, of Dal- it's sort of Dalton Castle. Yeah, and I was going to say, Dalton Castle has showed that off pretty well in matches. Joe Hendry, yeah, you're right. He, he does, so that will be good. I didn't know Tracy Williams was back. That shows how much I've been paying attention to ROH. I don't know if he has been back or what the deal is, but I thought he was out injured. Um, so he's back here. Rocky Romero is an interesting one because of his history with ROH. I think that people think of him as, you know, you know Rocky Romero in New Japan and, and um, Rapungi. Uh, Rapungi Vice and Rapungi 2K. Is it 2K or is it 3K? I don't even know. Um, but uh, but his history in ROH is like a, a, a wrestler's wrestler. You know what I mean? So he if he mm. brings that here, that'd be interesting. Doug Williams, interesting. Like, has he hasn't he retired a couple times <laughs> and he's back again? So that'll be interesting and cool to see. And and the guy to me, I think your favorite to win it, but maybe they don't want to be so obvious with John Gresham. I mean, he feels like the guy who had who had made this come to fruition he does have the tag team titles right now so who knows but feels like yeah, that's, 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 all, that's the only thing with Gresham is that because he's the tag champ it's like I, are they really just gonna like double strap him up like I, I don't I'm not I'm not sure about that yeah but I mean he feels it's weird because when this was getting talked about it was like oh you know it felt like Gresham was the one talking about it and saying that he wanted to bring back the pure championship and then he's in this and it feels like a weird time for it to be happening because yeah it doesn't feel like he'll he's you know, you it. know what, man? Like, I don't know what Marty's plans are for the world for the world title picture, but when I think about it, I wouldn't be mad at Marty Skrull being being the first pure champ. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's not just like just like just, just because he's smart enough and is creative enough and in, in like in, in his matches where. It, like his approach to like pure wrestling and like the tropes there and how to like figure out how to make that and figuring out how to make that entertaining like I feel like he could probably do that it's but another, again, again it's like yeah, that's, cool. that's all gonna be like on his on his interest really because if it's not him then I would think maybe like Alex Shelley if Alex yeah. Shelley's available I think Alex Shelley's a good one as like a you know a gold watch retirement kind of thing for sure not even that but you know just like a respect for the, the legendary kind of guy you could even do something similar with Nagata honestly um but, uh, but yeah, he's one. And then scroll again, maybe not a hundred percent up my alley, but I get where you're coming from. Like he can do the world of sport. He could do the world of sport, like kind of parlor tricky type stuff. You talk about how he, he can do like the, like the healer stuff, maybe like yeah. forcing you to take your rope breaks, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he could make, he could definitely make it work. I don't like, again, I mileage may vary on how you personally feel about scroll, but he's got the brain for it for sure. And he's, He'll, he'll do stuff that people will like and will get over. I don't know if I'll love it, and I don't know if, like, you know, everyone will love it, but I do think that he could make it work for sure. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, there's a ton of guys in here that wouldn't be crazy. Mark Haskins wouldn't be crazy. You know, Tracy Williams wouldn't be crazy. Fred Yehi could be another one if they really wanted to do something with him. So, I mean, yeah, I, theoretically, I could see almost anybody winning this except for, like, Rocky Romero, Slex, and Joe Hendry. But I think you could put the yeah, title but, on. Yeah, know. like... Slex is really good. Like, yeah, I I I, I, kinda, I really hope to see that uh, Ring of Honor treats him well in twenty twenty, man. Like again, I, after going back and seeing like him live at Free Enterprise, he's he's really really good, and not just like uh, oh I want to hype up like the most prominent guys from this from this burgeoning scene up kind of thing. Like no, he's really good. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I, like I, I, I hope they treat him well. Yeah, I hope so too. I know that, you know, maybe I, I said some something on Twitter that got a little backlash in the idea that I said he's coming across and being presented like a star. And, and I stand by it. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that he's winning all of his matches and he's being pushed, but I'm saying that his presentation doesn't come across like Joe Hendry or someone else, like, or there, any there, of the other. There's effort, there, there's effort behind it. Yeah, like, Mark Haskins, Tracy Williams, fucking even Juice. When all of them showed up and they formed that lifeblood thing, they were it was just like whatever. Slex has come in and it feels like okay, this guy means something. They pat him tag with the Briscoe, like he took the loss, but in that match where he was teaming with the Briscoes, it, it felt he felt like he was a big deal, you know. So it's just like, yeah, that that's my point is he's not being presented as just cannon fodder. He may be losing, but he's losing to people pushed people and he's in the mix and he's being. Tr- pre- presented like he's a worthwhile star level guy with his his entrance you know and and the bells and whistles that comes with all of that was kind of my point there and not necessarily that his he's being pushed but his presentation Mm. is coming across like someone who's important so yeah um well quentin are you ready for uh the main event for the week here oh yeah sure let's get into it um ott's dead on from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Are you ready to get into it? Yeah, for sure. Let's let's do this. Um, actually, I actually want to start from the bit from the main event if that's okay with you. That's fine by me. Um, yeah, uh, David Starr versus Damian Corvin and uh, one uh, one half of Kings of the North or one third of Kings of the North. I'm not sure if the third guy is still around at this point. Duncan Duncan disorderly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's still, if he's still around right now. I'm only seeing Damian and Damian and Bonesaw, but. Yeah, um, David Starr, after he beats LJ, makes it clear that he's only going to defend against people he, he believes that have earned OTT title shots. And one of them being Damian Corbin, who's an OTT day, day, since day one guy, uh, very much for the company, very much by, like, for, like, by the company. And he said, like, I'll, I'll defend it against you. I, like, you. Like, you deserve this. And then he went on to say, like, well, I'm not going to defend against John Moxley because John Moxley isn't about this. John Moxley is a fraud and things like that. But here we are, and this is like very much a, no- a nothing title defense. These Belfast shows are smaller. Uh, you don't really get much of note on on these things, really. Like, like not all that, not all the heavy hitters come out for this show. But David Starr, being who he is and wanting to put this company on his company on his back, he goes out here and Tim. I'm I'm not sure if I'm crazy, but like. This maybe might be my favorite David Starr match I've seen this year. <laughs> like, mm. like I, because I, I really like the LJ match. Yeah, but that one still went a little went a lot longer than it needed to go based off like just LJ's status in the company. For this right here, um, Damian Corvin, who's like again one of the maybe like 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 a, a big part of OTT's tag team history, but never really broke out as a singles guy, despite everyone thinking that he would be the guy that would possibly break out in a singles capacity if anyone did from Kings of the North. Uh, chances have come sparingly for him, but Davis Starr doesn't do too much. He doesn't do too little either. He works on him viciously, he takes him seriously, but it doesn't get to the point where it's like, okay, fucking Damian Corvin, now you're giving Damian Corvin all this stuff. It it all works, it all feels genuine, it all builds up into where Damian has moments where you can buy him pulling pulling off an episode on Star and there's a bunch of other neat little spots there that I think are that I think are cool, but it just hits that sweet spot for me where it's really good David Star work, but it doesn't get overshadowed by the fact that he's trying to make it more epic than it has to be. And I think it goes 
it ends right at the perfect time and does it, it did way more for for Corvin than any other title match he's ever gotten has. Yeah, and it's interesting because it feels like it feels a little bit like Star has has cut back on his uh, on his kind of his schedule a little bit this year so far. But really, I mean, really he hasn't. He's about thirty matches, close to thirty matches in about three months here now. So you know, not uh, not cutting like a super slow show like low amount of matches but uh it definitely for some reason feels toned down than he has been for the past couple of years part of that is probably not working as much in wxw just because wxw runs you know regular tours and all their stuff makes tapes so you're able to see everything um and this show i mean overall i really liked this show because because of exactly what you said it's the belfast show it felt like a kind of a more bite-sized easy to digest um ott show which i really enjoyed but it wasn't like a contender show you know it was it was it was a a main brand main roster ott show but it was you know under three hours you know it's it's um all the matches got in and out pretty quick including the main event title match and you talked about uh, you know damon uh corvin and like they've kind of they teased like him going singles in the past before as well and getting title shots and and maybe he's going to be the brain and it, yeah like you said it just it kind of never comes together um so it even plays into the it somewhat plays into the david star character again where it it could be presented as he's being a baby face but you can see the undersided healness of it as well that he's like a, a legitimate challenger like john moxley no you don't deserve a title shot but hey this guy who's been around and could never really make anything of himself in the singles heavyweight division yeah yeah he gets a title shot because he deserves it he's worked really hard and and you know he's been here through and through and and all this but then still like what is one of the david Starr's opening um nicknames on this was like you know the 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 son of 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 Ireland or something like basically like re- like again referencing to the idea that he's you know the most Irish or whatever in this setting and like yeah it's just it's this whole thing where it's like oh yeah you know pat, big pat on the back this guy deserves it he's earned it he's worked so hard but like yeah the, the he's also a proven kind of like can't get it done in this kind of setting so interesting again I I'm with you I really liked I liked the back and forth um I thought that Star did a really good job of I mean he's a fan, he's being really fantastic as like a, a tweener in the way that I hate. Like this is the kind of tweener that I really don't like where he's not clearly a heel or a baby face. He actually is a, a tweener to me. I always think the best tweeners are like, they just switch between heel and baby face in places where it makes sense. But star, it's like, he's smaller. He's working a bigger guy, but he doesn't go completely underhanded cheating. Um, but he also is not like a valiant underdog baby face. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say it's your favorite star match that you've seen so far this year. Um, or no, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not super high bar so far. Right. Like I said, he's really kind of toned back everything he's doing. For me, it's like I'd, I'd have to go back, rewatch that, that Project Monix match because I, I remember really liking that. I couldn't say necessarily if I thought that this was definitely better than that. It probably is. Um and then otherwise, yeah, I mean, what what would you compare it to? The LJ Cleary match is, is really good. Yeah, the, 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 LJ, the LJ match would be the only one like, I would like even like seriously consider like, yeah. being like being close to this. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, you know, and then I haven't seen any of the Rev Pro stuff yet, but I can't imagine that like this tag team match is any good um, where he's tagging with Damian Dunn. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think that's not a crazy take. 
So uh, we'll go for. Oh, you know what? The Dickinson match was pretty good, actually. Um, in uh, in yeah, GCW, but yeah, what? But, but not yeah, to yeah, this yeah, level. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I had my issues with that, and it's just yeah. like selling for selling for Dickinson the way he did when Star has credibility to go up there and go chop for chop with Walter was like. Right. Like, I was like, all right, man. Like, like, yeah. Like, like, okay. I get that, but I mean, it's like Walter's gone and Dickinson is now like the guy. I mean, you talked about it with the AJ Gray match. It's like Dickinson is is now kind of on that level and is. I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, though. But uh, but yeah. Um. All right. Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to go in reverse order, kind of down the card, or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's yeah, let's do that because I know that I didn't I didn't watch I didn't get to watch the whole thing yeah. and you did. Yeah. That's. I mean. But, we talk about the stuff that matters. Feel free. Yeah, Max, Max and Max and Bonesaw. Um, this is fi- this is fine, I guess. I guess like for me, like the like the stuff that I, I'm always interested in when looking at this is, you know, Adam Max that has all like the like look stuff that you'd want, ideally, when you think when you think of a wrestler. But I guess like now that stuff doesn't really matter anymore. And here he is still working these OTT shows, and like he's getting better. But it just feels like damn, like why is why has no one signed this dude yet? <laughs> I know he kind of feels like he's, you know, he's like the Ireland's answer to like uh, Austin Theory or something, but he's not even as as good um, as Austin yeah, Theory like, in the ring, really. Yeah, it's like just, it's just like what's happening here because he's he's getting better. Like me and you have watched OTT for a long time. Yeah. We watched we watched Max when he for when he first you know when he first started. Like he he's gotten better, but it just still feels like it just hasn't clicked and him just having like that raw look and athleticism still hasn't been enough for anyone to want to take like a risk on him which is what's the thing is interesting yeah and i think it's a bummer because he's really downgraded the the gender neutral title like that title felt like it yeah. was being built up especially with with haskins run and then the terry thatcher kind of trade-off the challenges and yeah. all that and all that kind of stuff and then since max it has had it it's just it feels like nothing um and this match was not in the right direction to like make it feel better um or feel like it's important so um, yeah, like him winning it, and then it just doesn't seem like it has any buzz, and then he has this defense that's like, whatever. Um, I thought Bonesaw looked pretty good here, but I've always yeah. thought that Bonesaw is kind of underrated for how talented he really can be, um, just because I think that he gets overlooked. He's like, he's he's a weird guy, because I think, I kind of think of him as like Bobby Fish, similarly in Red Dragon, where like people overlooked him as like thinking that like he's the older member of the tag team but like he's also like kind of the better worker and also the one who has more personality but he just gets overlooked because he's like older and and thought of as like not being the standout in a lot of ways um so yeah it's just it's interesting to think about that but he was i mean really good here um you know it's fucking crazy to think um why can't i think of his goddamn name the guy who wears the fucking suspenders um he's in rev pro he was tagging with uh with bodum when that bullshit went down why can't i think of his name um, oh, Shaw Samuels. Yeah, Shaw Samuels. Like, I always think it's fucking weird the opportunities that Shaw Samuels has historically gotten over and over again, and Bonesaw gets jack shit, and he's, like, way better than Samuels, honestly. Um, so, yeah, just whatever. Good match, but, yeah, Mac- it's it's weird, because I remember when Max did debut, and I kind of thought, like, maybe something could come from it, but he definitely had the look, and it was like, he's just going to get signed. But also, like, uh, I remember around that time, too, Sterling, like, fucking charles sterling charlie sterling was so fucking good and had like this great look and then like he just disappeared too and it's like i don't know what the fucking deal is in europe where like guys can look like this and nothing happens with them it's just i guess they don't care as much about the aesthetic appeal over there or something or even that's like just like no it's like i'm like i'm astonished that nxt uk didn't want charlie sterling i know that is like that astonishes me (laughs) like to to no end he 
looks fucking amazing and the shit that he could do, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, like, like even if we weren't going to push him, like, he could easily do it. He could easily do what Seth Scala's doing. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, did you watch the tag match? Be cool, Trent Seven versus uh, Only True Pros? Yeah, yeah, I did see this. What do you think? What do you think first of all? Um, I thought that the opening stuff was fucking kind of bullshit. I did think that the only true pros, uh, Royal and May, looked awesome beating the shit out of Seven, but it just a little too goofy for me. And then Be Cool coming in, and like I thought that they did a good job with Be Cool coming in to be the valiant savior, but like you know it's Be Cool, so he's still like he's not really much help. Um, and it just it's still kind of even at the end of it, it felt like you basically just had like. Trent Seven single-handedly beat the shit out of these two guys um, was kind of your story. And they looked really good in the beginning. It's like it wouldn't have been the way that I would have gone. And uh, having Be Cool even trying to, like, do all of the, the, the Banks spots and stuff was kind of cool. And then, I don't know, the DQ finish also kind of annoyed me, pissed me off, too. You're already, you already kind of fucked the fans on the fact that Bade is not here, um, which I don't know if it was officially because of, you know... WWE pulling him, but probably right. But you would think they pulled. Well, think, but I don't, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand why you just wouldn't fucking do like, like, like May versus Seven at that point. Though. Right. Yeah. You could have done anything else to like make this feel like you're still giving us something because yeah, it's this. You get this. It just it ends up turning into just being a big angle, like the stuff at the beginning, and then that gets interrupted, and then you you finish it off with a DQ finish, like. I don't know. I mean, when you're already fucking the fans out of an advertised match and, like, pulling somebody and replacing them or whatever, like, I feel like you got to give them a finish after that. You know what I mean? You can't give a, give people this when they're already getting, the you know, someone. Especially Tyler Bate. I mean, Tyler Bate's a big star. He was the first NXT UK champion. He's pulled off the show. And then what you do to replace him is, like, comedy, fine, okay, but then you don't even give me a finish? Like, I don't know. That's kind of bullshit. And OTT usually gets a lot of praise for being a good promotion, you know? Oh, yeah, this very much is. There's definitely one of those things where you can, like, very rightfully call them out and say, hey, well, you could have not just... I I know that the whole idea between, like, with with British Strong Style sometimes that they can get away with, like, doing goofy shit like this, but if this this thing just happened where where you're, like, fans who don't get to see British Strong Style might have, like, bought bought a ticket to see though the titles get defended for fucking once... And you and you still do this? Well, like at least get, throw them a bone, throw them Trent Seven versus Michael May, right? At, at least at least at least do that. But I, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. And you're, and you're right. The only true pros look good in the control they did on Trent Seven because well, Trent Seven is really good at selling. Yeah. You know, like we know we, we'll, we'll always give him credit for that. And they're two strong, convincing guys that were they were beating him up, and that and that was good. But yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I, I, I they though that was definitely kind of like cheating, cheating, cheating the fans there. I think. Yeah, and and not giving him a title match, like I didn't even think about that. But yeah, like you you take away the title match, you you kind of give him this. It's weird having May in this tag team. I think I, like is OTT the only people that have him in this tag team? I haven't seen anyone else doing that, and it's like kind of odd too. Because yeah, you could have just done like a Michael May singles here, done something else. I don't I don't fucking know, but this is weird. Um, you know what I was thinking about when I was. I was thinking I was like getting ready for the show or like watching, you know, thinking about this is Tyler Bate getting pulled off of here and just all the stuff with Tyler Bate. Do you remember when, um, when Pete Dunn beat Tyler Bate for the, um, NXT championship and, uh, he technically also won the, uh, the attack 24 seven title at the same time. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 I guess take, take over Chicago. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that and how funny that was. Um, and then like that, that just was like, they just vacated the title after that. You know what I mean? Like they did never really do yeah, or, it. Or, or, or just, you know, like back when, uh, when Brit Rest was fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like after that, it just ended up being nothing and then like whatever. And then I haven't watched an attack show in like a year. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just thought about that. And I was like, that's a really fun, funny thing to think about that they did. And like, there's nothing that cool anymore. Now, now all we get is uh, Tyler Bate getting pulled from shows because of NXT UK. Yeah, because yeah, Tyler Bate is only allowed to wrestle 20 times a year. Yeah, exactly. Even though he's fucking 21. <laughs> he can only, yeah, he can't wrestle more matches per year than how old he is. Is basically the rules. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um. No, but I, I looked it up. Yeah. Uh. OTT is the only place that books Liam Royal and Michael May as a tag team. Okay. I like the team. But, they, but, but even then, Michael May doesn't work in many places to begin with. True. I like. He the works team. like does like some. He does some. Yeah, I do too. They they work some random ICW shows, or I mean, I mean, May works some May might work some random ICW shows, but other than other than that, he doesn't, he doesn't work very many places. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I liked the team. I think they had a good look, and uh, I could definitely, I could definitely see them getting around a little bit more as a team. Um, not that it, at this point it doesn't fucking matter. I was gonna say like Brit Rest doesn't have tag teams really anymore, but Brit Rest doesn't really yeah, matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. So Young Guns. <laughs> yeah, Young Guns. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're trying. Yeah, totally. Um, the the OTT women's match was this one that you got a chance to catch. I think I didn't get to see all of it. I had to get up in Russell Marys at this point. Okay. I saw I saw most of it though. I thought. Both of them looked really good, yeah. and I'm um, especially like I've always been a big Sammy Jane fan, and I thought I thought she looked pretty pretty solid. Yeah, in this. Sammy Jane looked awesome in this, and I thought that Casey Owens held her own in this uh, up against Sammy Jane. So they both they both looked pretty tough, you know. And I talked about it last week with the AEW um, women's title match. Like having female bruisers is kind of cool. I, I want to see more women who are wrestling kind of that hard hitting strong style more often. I think I'm uh, I'm starting to enjoy it, you know. Um, uh okay, Omari versus Senza Volto. I don't even. Okay. Yeah. Why did this go so fucking long? Way too long. Um, <laughs> but like this, this was insanely long. Yeah, it was fun, but long. No reason for it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. There was some moments where I, I liked it. There was some stuff like that weird fucking thing that Omori did that started out like a like a inverted pedigree with him behind him and then popped him up into the reverse. Uh, Water wheel slam was pretty cool, you know. And there were some cool spots, but yeah, the the, the, the lucha sequences yeah. looked really messy. Like, like the best stuff in, like again, like it's gonna sound like gonna sound like we're coming from me, but like the best stuff from Senza came from when he was just selling Omari's crazy offense. Yeah. But again, like what they want to opt for is like these like big like crazy like like lucha sequences. Like oh, like right there when you just sold like that big boot that he threw to you, like that was actually really good. That was a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And like, like I did like when Omari was doing the rope walk, and he he was like too close to the ceiling, so he stepped down to the middle rope. Yeah. Like, so like that personality stuff from Omori is always good. Like you know, and and I feel like that was missing for a while there when it seemed like he lost his confidence. So, yeah, I mean, but Omori's kind of rehabilitation redemption tour is not going to be without hiccups here and there, you know. So, so we'll see. But I'm uh, I'm still he he, he was he was he was good at he was good in this. It's yeah. just like. Again, this is just a, this is just way too much. Like, you could have gave some of that time to Mark Hassan versus Callum Black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Which was like you blink, like, it's over. Or, or if you if you really wanted to, you could have given some of that time to David Star versus Damian Corbin. Like, True. but I, like I don't know I don't know why this went as long as it did. And I get it. Like, 
the rehabilitation of Omari, making him come across like a big star. Like you're putting a lot of effort into him. You're uh, really building up this Omari Scotty Davis singles match. That's probably going to happen at the. That's probably going to happen at a at a scrapper at scrapper mania. Like I, I get it, but yeah, this this was something that just wasn't laid out very well. And like, not that it was Omari's fault, but like that's. Senza Volta just isn't Senza Volta just isn't the guy to go out there and have that kind of long match with and think that's going to help anybody. Right? Do you know who the fuck this Senza Volta guy is? Is he a, is he like a fake luchador or something? He's not. Yeah, he's on from fuck. Where the fuck is he from? Is that... He's like he's like so he's like he's somewhere in Eastern Europe. He, yeah, he might be. Yes, he's somewhere in Eastern Europe. Um, God, where the fuck where the fuck is he from? I feel like he's French. Yeah, <laughs> I, have I was no about clue, to say I think he's. It says I feel Paris. Like he's yeah, so I think maybe, but even that, it's like, how do I know if that's real? Like, you know, um, but yeah, he's. It says he's from Paris, France, but he wrestles primarily. It looks like in like Germany and some in England. Yeah, like a lot in Germany, England. So he might be German and just says he's French. I don't know. He might be French. Either he, way, he, he's been trying. He, he's been trying to. Uh... You know, uh, like reach out and uh, you know get get, get a lower place for for a while. I've seen I've seen him, I've seen him for 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 some years now, but yeah, he just well, he's just not the guy to sit there and like try to like have this kind of match with where you're still trying to establish Omari as like this newer force in OTT. Uh yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, oh, I guess he was on that Frontline show, so I've seen him before. I just don't remember him. Either way, um, yeah, he sucks. Um. And he was not very good here with Omori. Omori again. I mean, hopefully we can. Hopefully he can get built back up and finally reach the potential that I think me and you thought that he had at a certain point. Um, Haskin. I mean, you mentioned Haskin versus Colin Black, but to me this was like just way too quick. It felt like the match just. Like, yeah. I mean, like, what they were allowed to do was really good. Yeah. But was, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean Haskins is so good, especially with bigger opponents, but like not having to be like an underdog. Like he can be the a dominant heel undersized babyface against a uh, or a dominant heel undersized wrestler against a bigger babyface and, and really work it and black is i mean i like black I, I again he's another guy who he's getting by to me on kind of uh like just kind of being likable having some presence and he throws some some good looking stuff and he's got some size to him so he's another one who's who's promising and i think that you can make something out of him um opening tag team match did you watch this I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. Yeah, yeah, I did not see this. Like, Cloak Trapper Cannon is fine, but I've got it at this point. Like, I just, I just, they're an automatic skip for me at this point. Yeah, I can't blame you. I was kind of, it was interesting because I was like, oh, you know, this kind of reminds me of, like, when Martina first showed up and even, like, early OTT in general with the lads from the flats. And that was kind of where she started out with in OTT with them. And it's just funny to think how far she's come, but it's like a little bit of a nostalgia throwback thing. So I was like, oh, okay. And it's like, come down to it. It's just like, I liked the there's a head there's a spot where um, um, Aiden is uh, doing a headstand in a, in a headlock on uh, Patty M and he gets out and Aiden stays in the headlock and then uh, Patty M tags out to Martina and she goes back into the headlock. It's a neat is a cute little spot that I'd never seen before. Um, but the 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 thing that came across to me in this match was just that like Club Tropicana are fun funny guys in a wrestling match and like. Martina is just she's not she comes across not like a wrestler she comes across like a joke 
And it's like Club Tropicana right. come across like f- wrestlers who are fun and have personality and are interesting and do some funny things here and there, but are at the end of the day still wrestlers. And that's just not the same shtick that you get from Martina. It's like you just get someone who's like all they are is shtick and there's no it doesn't come across like she's a wrestler still and like that was kind of the thing that came across to me where I, I liked Club Tropicana like I said they're fun they're fun to watch they do some interesting stuff they have personality and like yeah like I like them but it's just I don't like when when comedy wrestling feels like you know the person in the match is just a complete joke and they're not actually in a wrestling match you know it's like kind of the Orange Cassidy thing it was like his gimmick works because when he turns it on he's still a wrestler you know yeah, and like he like not just a wrestler, but like a very good one at that. Yeah. And like even when even when you look beyond the gimmick, you look at him just like when he's taking a beat down from Pack. You look at his facial expressions and just how he sells. Like no, that's that's just a really good wrestler who just happens to be joking. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. There, like there, there's no, there's no, there's none of that pretense with Martina. Even if she's gotten better, there's no like oh well if she wasn't if she wasn't joking she'd be really she'd actually be a really good wrestler. There's none of that. She's just like. She doesn't have. She's never has that. And she never will. Which is fine. Some people just aren't going to be good wrestlers. But I, I, I totally understand having, having that sort of block with Martina. Yeah. No. I mean, to- totally. People just are not. People love her for what she does, and I, I get it. And I actually liked her early on. Like I said, that's why I said it was a nice nostalgia thing because she made sense oh. in that setting that she was like just this person who was part of the Lads with the Flats crew, where she's just like some Joker, you know. But then, like, when they start trying to treat her like she's the biggest star in the company because people like her or whatever. I don't know. It just, that's beyond what the act deserves. Not, not only that, it's like Martina was best served when she was like someone's foil. Right. right. So when she debuts in progress and she's like the opposite side of like posh Jenny, like that, like that's perfect. That makes sense. Like you can get into that. Cause like here, this, this fucking like, um, drunk, this drunken, was a drunken woman who just can't control herself and has a you know like no sense no sense of etiquette or proper behavior going up against like this fashionista like that makes sense that writes itself that's an interesting story when you then try to turn that into like martina versus the world like it it, it just doesn't work it, like that stuff has a ties of time and place and it works for certain people and because you know it's a sort of thing where the gimmick makes the gimmick made you money, the gimmick worked, and the gimmick is what uh, you know saved your wrestling career. You got to stick with it, but it just doesn't work everywhere. Yeah, no, exactly, and it's and it especially doesn't work when, like I said, when she's being presented like she's a big star or whatever. And and like she showed that she can wrestle when she was in Japan. Like she was able to to hold her own at least somewhat, you know. Um, but she doesn't really bring it when she doesn't have to. Who cares? Because she'll be signed to WWE NXT at any moment, and uh, or yeah, NXT UK at any moment. So it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, that was interesting to to hear you saying like David Starr's match of the year so far. But uh, but otherwise, Quentin, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Uh, no, again, again, this is like again, like very understandably a little bit of a light week. We could have done a little bit more talking about uh US Indies, but we'll probably do we'll probably do something a little bit more extensive there ne- next week. But again, like. Um, with the stuff happening in Japan with the coronavirus and shows getting canceled that would have been otherwise happening and things that we would have had would yeah. have been looking forward to otherwise, we just couldn't get to those things. So I mean, expect a little bit more, yeah. maybe like Europe, maybe Europe in in US, in U.S. Indies next week, I guess. Yeah, I mean, think about New Japan Cup would be happening 
you know, we would yeah. have all that to be talking about. There would have been a Naito versus Hiromu match that we would be talking about. All this stuff. We would have we would have had a we would have had a Will Ospreay Shingo rematch to talk Ooh. about. Like God damn. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like fucking it fucking sucks, but you know what I mean? Like Right. Um, all right. Well, Quentin, the only last thing I wanted to say, we haven't really plugged uh, following on t- ourselves on Twitter in a while, but I just wanted to uh, to say I did change my Twitter handle finally after all these years of uh, it being a, uh, a podcast that I haven't done for like five years or something like that. Um, <laughs> so you could follow me on Twitter at Bone Dog's Wife. Um, okay. All right. And uh, otherwise, Quentin, you can uh, you know, close us out. Yeah. If you don't follow my personal, it's. Q, QT underscore Moody and you can follow the podcast at QNTR. Uh, again, thank you for listening and probably more just some more Europe and US, Indi- US Indies next week. So hopefully you're there to, there to listen to that. Mexicano hasta 94